Welcome to worship at Hollywood United Methodist Church. We are glad you have joined us on this Juneteenth Sunday and on Father's Day. Please stand as you are able for our opening hymns.
morning, everybody. If there are some children and uh, that would like to come and join us on the steps, we have our time with me and Miss April. So, oh, wonderful, good. Not everyone's shy. Come on down. Don't, yes, Dad, you too. It is appropriate. Any other kids want to come and join us on the steps? Just a few of us today. That's all right. Oh, thank you, Maddie. A little reluctantly, but that's okay. You're here, and that's what matters. So, um, hi, welcome. Come on down. So today we are celebrating a couple things, but I have a question for you first so we can figure out what we're celebrating. There is a prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. And we've been talking about it in children's church for the last several months. And it starts with two words. I'll give you the first word and see if you can think of what the second word is. This is the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. The first word is our, and what's the next word? Father. What is it? Father. Father, our Father. And why, what does the word father make you think of today? Does anybody know? Yes. What is it? We love you. We love you and I love you too. And yeah. I, yeah, we love you too. Today is Father's Day. So we are celebrating all the fathers in your life. It could be your, your dad, it could be a grandpa, it could be an uncle. But also, like Jesus taught us to pray, we have a heavenly father. God is also our, all of our father and our and creator, and mother. God is everything. Yes, and today, yes. we're using the term father for him because we're celebrating Father's Day. So we are so grateful to be in a church where all kind of families are represented. Right, Miss April? Yeah, we celebrate all families. So like Annalia and I are talking about, and one of the things that we're going to look in uh, in Children's Church today is celebrating all families because, Annalie, you have... You have a mama, and what else do you have in your family? A bubble. A bubble, <laughs> right? We all have different types of families, and that this is, as we continue on Pride Month, as we recognize Juneteenth and celebrate fathers and all type of families, we feel so incredibly blessed that we're in a place where all are included and all are welcome. So let's pray, and then normally we would head right off to Children's Church, but today we're going to go back to our seats for a moment, because we get to hear our bell choir, and then we'll go off to Children's Church. Okay, so let's pray. Our Creator, our Father, our Mother God, thank you for today. Thank you for this day that we celebrate uh, the fathers and the grandfathers, the uncles, the mentors, the teachers in our life. Thank you for this time when we celebrate freedom as, as we remember Juneteenth. Uh, thank you that this is... In this, we're in the season of summer where you give us a time to be outside and rest and relax and enjoy our family and enjoy nature and enjoy this, the creation that you have given to us. Um, Father, for the things that are tough, we bring those to you. For the things that are hard, that we uh, weigh heavy on our hearts, we can also bring those to you. So in the midst of celebration, in the midst of pain, in the midst of joy in the midst of sadness. We bring it all to you. Thank you for this place. Thank you for this family and this community that we have. And thank you for every one of these children, both on the steps, in the aisles, and also at home. Um, they're precious gifts to us, and we're grateful for them. So it is in the precious name of your son, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Okay, Amen.
The peace of the Lord be with you. Please stand as you are able and greet one another with signs of peace. And to our online community, peace be with you as well. Peace be with you. I'm gonna a little peace to the folks in the balcony too. Thank you so much for all that you do to help make our service happen. We love you. I wanna invite you now to take a deep breath, to breathe it in and let it go, to prepare yourself to enter into this really special time set aside for prayer, for being one-on-one -on -one with God, for having that holy conversation separate from the disruption and noise of the world, but also a part of it, part of the way we communicate with each other and with our God. I invite you into this time of prayer led by our wonderful chancel choir. pray. Heavenly Parent, Father of us all, we thank you for life. We thank you for this journey that we share together with its struggles and its joys. We know that all blessings in our life come from you. This morning, God, we lift up and pray for all the fathers in our lives, the ones from which we come, the ones who entered our lives later, the folks who provided guiding hands and nurturing in our life and have helped make us who we are today. We acknowledge, God, that not all folks have easy relationships with their fathers, and we lift up to you the brokenness and grief that some of us carry. May your constant presence and unwavering love be a solace to all who have known alienation or experienced rejection because of how you made them. We welcome the knowledge that you had made each of us, that we are grace-filled people made in your image, and that we are indeed beloved in your eyes. We lift up all of those missing their father figure today, their father, all those who have known loss, and we pray that you will ease their grief and mourning. We are grateful for you and the way you move in our lives, the constant invitation to grace and new beginning that you extend. May we be as loving and as hopeful with all those that we encounter. This morning, dear God, we also give thanks for the Juneteenth celebration, for the long-awaited federal acknowledgement of the last day that enslaved people in the United States were emancipated, nearly two years after the initial declaration. 
Be with our nation, dear God, and give us the strength necessary to honor and celebrate this day and to do the prayerful hard work, the biblical work, of grappling with our nation's racist past and present. Help us to not be afraid of this powerful and prayerful consideration and let such work lead our larger communities to justice and healing. Lastly, we are grateful for a time to celebrate our pride, dear God, to proudly proclaim that all of your children are beloved. Lord, guide our church and our practice as we seek to include, to affirm, and to celebrate all people, especially those most marginalized, those often left out, including our LGBTQIA plus siblings. With your guidance and your help and the blessing of the Holy Spirit, may this church be all that people can call home. There are many more prayers on our hearts and our minds, and we offer them to you now in a moment of silence. Gracious God, receive our prayers and transform our hearts. Help us to follow your son Jesus and lean into all that he taught. We are reminded of his invitation into transformation as we, prayer the pray, as we pray the prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. <clears throat> we are so glad that you have joined us for worship in person and online. I have so many announcements, I have a cheat sheet, so I'll try and run through them. First of all, we want to welcome our guest organist for today, David Wheatley. <clears throat> While John West is away. And we especially want to welcome this day our preacher for the morning, our senior pastor emeritus, the Reverend Dr. Ed Hansen. We are so glad you're here, Ed. Last week we did have a great number of people for Pride, lots of people, a double-decker bus, and all I have heard all week is, we're going to do this again next year, right? So we're going to. But for today, after worship, we are having a barbecue. Dan Cox and crew have put together a marvelous spread in the back. There's going to be grilling meats and meatless options and lots of fruit and veggies and fun. So please plan to stay out in the courtyard uh, for the barbecue after worship. This Tuesday, our own David Dean Betrell has his final show here in Los Angeles entitled David Dean Betrell Makes Love. He has a show tonight too, but a lot of us, including me, are going on Tuesday night. Uh, and David is reading our scripture today, so we'll look forward to, you can see who he is, because he splits his time here mostly in New York now. But we're glad that David is with us today. 
Next Sunday, Eric Feltis, who chaired our Pride effort, will be preaching for us. Uh, and so he will, we will look forward to his message. Our Crossflick sermon series, where we look for faith in film, begins on July 3rd. The first film is going to be Tick, Tick, Boom. And the second film will be Encanto. So those you can, you know, put ahead on your, your DVR and, and watch those. Your governance board has developed a plan for helping to take the temperature of how we might move forward this fall and into the winter in terms of having ministries be in person, be online, and have a hybrid sense of both. So they've developed a vision survey. Now, this is the QR code to do that. It's also out in the Narthex. I invite you to click on that and take the survey. It should take you two minutes. And if you want a, ha a hard copy that didn't print out quite as well, raise your hand and our ushers will come forward. And do you have those, Deb? Rance has them. Okay. Anyone want a hard copy that you can check off? We're going to just take 90 seconds because that really is all it should take you um, to see what you'd like to do in terms of moving forward. So we're going to take that. And I don't have a second hand, but I can, I can guess. So this link will be available online through July 17th. Uh, and so I'm going to invite you to continue to fill it out if you are and to fill out the, the hard copy. There'll be a basket in the narthex uh, as you leave. But as you're finishing up, I want to introduce to you what I'm guessing. I don't know everyone in the congregation today. But what I'm guessing is the newest set of newlyweds that we have. It was my honor to officiate, co-officiate with Rabbi Jonathan Klein at the marriage of Robbie and Sahand. And so stand up so we can, a couple of weeks ago. So we rejoice with them and their new life together. All that we do is made possible by you, by your prayers and your presence, your service, your witness, and your financial gifts. So as the ushers come forward, I encourage you to give as generously as you are able so that we might not just maintain, but we might increase the depth and breadth of our ministries here in the heart of Hollywood, in Toluca Lake, and online.
so beautiful. Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you. The scripture this morning is from Matthew 5, 38 through 48. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, also go the second mile. Give to anyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be the children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good 
and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Word of God, words of life. Thanks be to God. I want to say thank you to the choir for singing Show Us How to Love. I guess that pretty much sums up what uh, we're going to be talking about uh, today. So thank you. How appropriate. Well, good morning, uh, friends. Um, I want to thank Reverend Kathy for in this invitation to preach today. And I want to thank her for her leadership and ministry among us. She has led us through some very challenging times, to say the least, especially over these last two and a half years. You may not know this, but Reverend Kathy has been serving as a pastor here at this church, at HUMC, for 25 years, longer than any other pastor in the history of this congregation and with 16 of those years as our senior pastor. So thank you, Reverend Kathy, for blessing us with your ministry. And I want to say um, Happy Father's Day to all of you who are parenting children. I've caught a glimpse as I attend worship here of the parenting you are doing, and I want to acknowledge that I'm impressed. Thank you for loving your children and helping them to know that they are beloved children of God and important in your eyes. I was recently introduced to the writing of David Rico, a psychotherapist who has written many books relating to our psychological and spiritual health. I think he has some helpful thoughts that underscore the parenting that we want to encourage. He points out that love, especially the love our children need, includes five important elements. First is attention because attention from others leads to self-respect. Second is acceptance, because acceptance engenders a sense of being inherently a good person. Third, David Rico says, is appreciation, because appreciation generates a sense of self-worth. Fourth is affection, because affection makes us feel lovable. And fifth is allowing, 
because allowing gives us encouragement to pursue our own deepest needs, values, and wishes. Well, when any of these are missing from the love we experience growing up, we will likely have deficits in our lives, and most of us do of one sort or another. And we will find ourselves looking for ways to fill the emptiness, sometimes, unfortunately, in unhealthy ways. So to you parents, good for you for seeking to be the good parents and caregivers you can be. Because as a church, we celebrate you for nurturing the lives of your children. Well, I also want to acknowledge, as we've already heard, that today is Juneteenth, the day that celebrates the arrival in Texas of the news that the American Civil War had ended and enslaved people were free. It happened on June 19, 1865. U.S. federal troops arrived in Galveston, Texas to take control of the state and ensure that all the slaves were freed. The troops arrived a full two and a half years after President Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation had been signed, and it was two and a half months after the end of the Civil War. I give thanks to all those who lobbied for this date to be recognized and to the Congress and President Biden for establishing a federal holiday to remember this historic event. I think it marks a milestone on the journey to freedom, equality, and civil rights. When Reverend Kathy asked me to give the sermon today, I asked her if there was something specific I should talk about today. I said, I know it's Father's Day, and, and of course I had just mentioned Juneteenth, and she said, the whole month of June is Pride Month for Hollywood United Methodist Church. But she went on, but preach about whatever you want. So I appreciated that permission. And so I decided to talk about one of the most challenging teachings of Jesus. And I think it's important because Jesus taught that we should love our enemies. And with the deep divisions in our United Methodist denomination and in our nation and in our world today, the teaching is highly relevant. And I think you'll also see that it relates to pride. To begin, let's be clear that love your enemies does not mean agreement with them. Love does not mean affirming what our enemies say or do. Love does not mean liking our enemies, nor remaining silent in the face of the harm that they do. It does not mean letting yourself be abused or reused. But love does mean that we do not demonize our enemies. We look upon our enemies as children of God. We recognize their humanity, no matter how flawed they are. 
And we recognize that all of us are a part of God's creation. We recognize that our enemies, like us, are people of sacred worth. In Jesus' day, the enemy was Rome. And this enemy was represented by the Roman soldiers who were there to oversee the Jews and enforce Rome's claim on them for taxes and other resources. These soldiers were the enforcers and persecutors. And they were legally allowed to force people to carry things for them up to a mile. So it was natural for the Jews of Jesus' day to hate this enemy. Their dream was that Roman rule would end. They admired those who would rise up and fight against Rome. But Jesus was teaching another way, one that could make life better without bloodshed. He said, love your enemies. Show your love to, for them by carrying their load a second mile. When I reflect on this, I think Jesus was saying, in part at least, let's talk with and listen to our enemies. Let's get to know them. For Jesus, it was about changing people's hearts and minds, about lifting up our common humanity. Imagine this. You're heading out on the road, and a soldier says to you, hey, you, carry my stuff. He's looking at you as a person without dignity or worth. You're a nobody to him. So you start carrying his stuff for the required mile. You start talking as you walk along. Where's home for you, soldier? How long have you been stationed here? How's the, the food that they serve you guys? Well, you come to the end of the mile, and you voluntarily say you'll carry his stuff a second mile. The soldier is certainly surprised by your offer probably even confused. But the seeds of transformation are planted, and you talk some more. You have a family? I imagine it's not easy being away from home. How's that been for you? Well, your actions and conversation that show kindness to your enemy change the perceptions you have of one another. It's harder to hate your enemies when you've heard their stories. Through your conversation, you've made yourself human to your enemy, and your enemy has become human to you. Well, Jesus' teaching about loving our enemies was described in different but powerful words by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., he said, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. 
Only love can do that. Well, this perspective guided the civil rights movement during Dr. King's lifetime. And the nonviolent resistance of those working for civil rights changed America for good. Well, so how does this relate to pride? A personal story. In 2009, I found myself frustrated that our annual conference was no longer talking about our denomination's oppressive and hurtful policies toward LGBTQ people. I presented a motion at that annual conference that we invite LGBTQ people and their families to tell their stories at the next annual conference. The motion was adopted. And in the intervening year, we prepared to tell our stories. Members of this congregation were involved. At the 2010 annual conference, some of us came out publicly for the first time. And all of us made ourselves more real, more human to the thousand United Methodist delegates attending that conference. I think it was an important step toward our conference becoming a welcoming and affirming place for our LGBTQ clergy and laity. By believing in ourselves and letting ourselves be vulnerable and real, before those who would condemn and reject us, we helped to change some hearts and minds. Recently, I learned about the inspiring work of a man named Dan Reynolds, the lead singer of the rock group Imagine Dragons. He's also a composer, a Mormon, and a resident of Utah. In 2017, Dan and his friends organized a concert event they called Love Loud. 20,000 people attended. This Love Loud festival and all those since have been aimed at the Mormon church, which has opposed same-sex marriage and condemned all homosexual behavior. Teenage and young adult Mormons were committing suicide at an alarming rate because of these policies. Dan decided he wanted to bring change within the Mormon church. And so he and his friends created Love Loud and set forth its mission, ignite the vital conversation about what it means to unconditionally love, understand, support, accept, and celebrate our LGBTQ plus friends and family. At the Love Loud event held in May of this year, 2022, David Archuleta, who is Mormon and is known to some of us by his performances on American Idol, shared his story before the live audience. Let's listen to David Archuleta. I, 
don't know if a lot of you can relate to this, but being a part of the LGBTQIA community, but feeling you, like you have to work so hard to hide that part of you. So, that it, because <laughs> you think that if it comes out, it's bad and that you're gonna do something wrong and you're gonna let so many people down and you're gonna let your, let God down if you let this part come out of you. And so it's a lot to now, like Tyler from Neon Trees, I was 30 when I came to terms with myself and came out, that was his last year. And uh, <laughs> spending almost all of my life trying to do everything to change that part of me, it's still hard to be okay with myself. But this last year has been so beautiful because after all the time I tried spending to hide that and to not feel that way and to pray and to fast and to go to the temple as much as I could, to asking that that would be gone from me because I was so afraid of myself. And to then finally come to peace, it was so terrifying because y'all, I, <laughs> I thought if I put the effort in, I could change myself. I almost got married three times because I thought if I just pushed forward and pushed through it, it would just, I would become straight and everything would be the way I thought it was supposed to be. But the last time I realized it's, it's not something that you can just, no matter what I tried, I, I couldn't change that part of me. And uh, I thought, well, maybe it's better if I'm not here because if this is bad and if this is a sin, and I, no matter what I do, I can't get rid of this. Maybe I need to get rid of myself because maybe that's better than being this way. And I know a lot of people feel that way, which is why I wanted to be here today and let you know, since I came out and um, was one of the scariest things <laughs> I had done. Um, I felt so much love from all of you, from complete strangers, from my family, from my friends. And um, I know that's not the same for everybody. So I just want you to know if you felt, had a hard time feeling support, that you can feel support here from Love Loud, from me and from everyone here. Know that there's a place for you. and. It's scary to, if, if you've been, if you've come to believe all your life that it, this is bad and it's a scary, that it may be scary at first, but it is so worth it. And I hope you can learn to love yourself, to have compassion for yourself. And this has been such a liberating year for me to not be afraid of myself anymore.
So I just want you to know you matter, and uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be queer, to be part of LGBT community, and um, just to be able to love who you naturally fall in love with. It's not a scary thing. It's not a dark, it's not an evil thing. I thought I was gonna lose myself if I gave in to this temptation or this evil side of me. And I've realized it is such a beautiful thing and all of me is worth loving and all of you is worth loving. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hey, everybody. You might like to see more of that. I can tell you that you can go on YouTube and uh, if you put in Love Loud 2022 David Archuleta, you'll find this. And then he sings one song uh, following his sharing. I'm so grateful that David Archuleta did not kill himself and that he finally grew to the place where he could celebrate the gift of his life. I'm grateful he was loved by his family and friends, and I'm so thankful that he reached a place in his life where he could tell his story for all to hear. And probably especially those LGBTQ plus people who struggle to celebrate the gift of their lives. And I hope that the leaders of the Mormon church and all those in any church or religion who use their doctrines and beliefs to condemn LGBTQ people, I hope they are listening. I hope they are listening. I hope David's witness and our own will bring changes that reflect the spirit of love and affirmation that we yearn for. I hope our enemies become supportive, affirming friends. Well, years ago, Edwin Markham wrote a little poem that still speaks today. They drew a circle to shut me out. Heretic, rebel, a thing to flout. But love and I had the wit to win. We drew a circle and brought them in. You know, sometimes we are the ones that shut others out. And sometimes we are the ones who are shut out by others. Following the teaching of Jesus to love our enemies invites us to draw more inclusive, bigger circles to engage others in ways that strengthen our human ties, that bring understanding and humanity to our relationships, being real with others, telling our stories, and listening to the stories of others. That can transform how we see one another 
and hopefully help us find solutions to that which divides us. When we love our enemies, we are the light that drives out darkness. And we are the love that drives out hate. As followers of Jesus, let's be light and love in this world. May it be so. Amen. So you will see up here on the lectern, there is a t-shirt that we will talk about next week. Last week I talked about the Florida 16 who were not ordained or commissioned because two among them were, um, were gay or lesbian. And so there were t-shirts at annual conference. So that's Bridie's that I brought her back. Uh, but we're using it uh, now and it will be here next week when uh, Devin and Emily offer us our annual conference report on what happened this past week. We indeed want to draw the circle wide. We want to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So go forth this week telling your story, knowing that God loves you. Go now in peace to love and serve the world after you've had barbecue in the courtyard. <laughs> Amen.